Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Nougat Bell podcast. I am your host, Kate Robertson, the Southern food and lifestyle blogger behind A Thought and a Half based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And this podcast is all about Southern storytelling and the best stories from the South straight from the sources. And for my first episode, I am here with my good friend, William Glass, uh, a relatively new Chattanooga resident, but who has some great stories from his life living in the South and all around and from owning his own business. So I'm super excited to sit down and talk with him and exchange some of our best stories. So pour yourself a glass of sweet tea or coffee or wine or beer or whatever you're sipping on and uh, pull up a chair and join us. How's life? I'm amazing. Yes. I'm amazing. It is 45 degrees outside, which is exactly what it should be. (laughs) It has been so warm this winter. So far. Yes. So far it has. I'm I'm still holding out for some for some ice queen, you know, like absolute snow and ice and panic. Uh, I might have to hang out till January to make that happen. That's what I'm hoping for. I love that because in the South, it's like everybody, people turn into like, you know, fleeing fire ants when you get just like a little snow on the ground. It's like you have like this, a little frost on everybody's cars and suddenly everybody calls in sick to work and everything closes and hospitals get overbooked with mild headaches because (laughs) nobody knows. Like, and and then the milk aisle, which is amazing. The milk and bread aisle. Yeah, just, I mean, it's like, you know, you get like an inch of snow and people think, you know what? Cows are never going to produce again, <laughs> so we better get to the store. Cows are never going to produce. Grain is never going to grow again. That's right. 17 gallons right now. <laughs> Even, like, I lived in Pennsylvania for a while, and that's where I lived when I learned how to drive, and that is probably the one thing I am thankful about living in Pennsylvania for, is that I learned to drive where we actually get... A foot of snow at a time. I'm not the best driver in the snow, but I feel like I can manage if I have to, which I feel like gives me a little bit of a leg up living around here. But I know that as soon as I wake up one morning and I see it snowing, I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. I'm calling my boss. I'm like, Mick, I'm going to work from home today. Because it isn't just about you, right? It's like, yeah, okay, maybe I can drive, but then I have to deal with Tennessee's finest as (laughs) as they negotiate snow-covered roads. But you say that like learning to drive in the snow is your inheritance from Pennsylvania. That's the thing you really gained from it. Probably. Not like a weird taste in Amish bearded men? God, heavens no. Okay. Just wondering. (laughs) No. I know I love them. No, we lived about halfway between Center City, Philly and Amish country. So we got the best of both worlds. Yeah. You were saying like down here, like even if I feel like I can drive decently in the snow, no other Southerner can. That's right. And nothing scares me more than a bad driver because there are plenty of them around here. I see people run red lights on the reg. Yeah. And it's scary too because like you... If somebody does something stupid and hits you, right? Like in Tennessee, there's like, what, a seven in 10 chance that the guy's going to get out like with a shotgun in his hand. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to be involved in this because I don't know who you are or how many kinds of meth you're on. 
and how, or, or or whatever you think is right to do to me because you just ran into a, ran a red light and hit me. There's so much truth in that. So, and you know, that's that's just something I think we're all better off avoiding. Yes, absolutely. So, speaking of, you are not originally from Tennessee. Nope. Where are you from? Oh, I am. Uh, I'm from the deep, deep, deep South America. No, I'm from. <laughs> uh, I'm from the middle of Florida, uh, which is different from Tennessee only in that in Tennessee the hillbillies chase each other in big trucks, and in my part of Florida they chase each other in airboats. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it, it, the same people steal the bikes, but then you chase them in a different way. Yes, uh, and probably with a gator trailing you too. That's right. Yeah. Hey, get the box. We gonna get them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, it's a. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting place. It's kind of like Florida is a great place to come from because if you survive adolescence in the state of Florida, it is 100% sure that you can live anywhere in the world because in Florida, everything that isn't a human wants to kill humans. Yep. Of any size, right? Snakes, it's, gators, yes, spiders. It's either like we have like things that are a millimeter long that inject venom into you to kill you. Or we have literally dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> like what we call alligators are just dinosaurs with stubby arms. <laughs> yep. That's And they've been around every bit as long. I mean, and so it's a really weird place to live. And if you survive it, you think, oh, yeah, okay. At wherever else I am, I feel like I've pretty much got it easy. Yep, pretty much. So people can walk their dogs by, the, by, by water here. Like, it's a good way to feed a gator in Florida if you do that. <laughs> You know, you're taking a risk. Yeah. You have your dog or, you know, your toddler by the water. It's it's dead meat. Yeah. That actually happened at Disney World. Yep. Sadly enough. We get those stories every once in a while. And then but then, you know, everywhere else in the country, they have the proper response, which is like, that is so sad. But in Florida, people are so jaded. They're like, shouldn't have took your kid near the water. Oh, sad, 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 but true. So. So, yeah. You started in Florida. You've been around the block a little bit. Where, yep. have you, where all have you lived, gone all, to school? All over the beautiful South. Uh, Florida, North Carolina, Texas, which is only marginally the South, uh, and then here in this beautiful Tennessee home. <laughs> Texas might think. as well just be a separate country. It, it not only might as well be, it actually is. Um, so the, the first thing that happened when I got to Texas is... Uh, uh, a black man showed me how to play dominoes and um, I thought I was ready for this because I had my wife is from Miami I thought I'm ready for this I've been playing dominoes you know with old Cuban men my whole adult life I'm down for this and he sits me down and he shows me a completely different thing and it was like it was like watching somebody make runes I mean it was just the the whole game was completely different and it's called 42 so imagine like spades but with dominoes what spades uh, like the card game. That, oh, yeah. Oh, Imagine yeah, yeah. that with dominoes, right? And so the guy says to me, and I show him, and he goes, now listen to me, son. And like, I mean, he was my age, right? Like, I don't know. Texas makes everybody older. But he, was, he looked at me and said, listen to me, son. And I was like, yes. And he goes, this is the national game in Texas. <laughs> the and, national game of Texas. And uh, I agreed. <laughs> that was it. I was, I was fully, fully initiated into Texas nation- nationhood. I had a professor in college who I don't think he was originally from Texas, but he lived and worked there for like 20, 25 years before he came to Virginia Tech to be a professor. And he had all kinds of stories from like all the projects he worked on and all the companies and clients he worked for. And uh, I re- always remember he started one class one day and said, any of y'all ever been to Texas? 
did you notice how it's basically a separate country down there? And I have never been to Texas, but to this day, that is all I think about. And I just anticipate that when I finally make it to Texas, that's all I'm going to think about as soon as I land is just, it's a different country because my professor told me it is. It really is. And, and in fact, it might actually be like three different countries because like at any point that you're in Texas, you can know that within the same state lines, there's at least three other kinds of weather happening. Like (laughs) you're standing in East Texas, ducking in your basement, hoping a tornado doesn't kill you. Meanwhile, Panhandle, Texas is covered in snow. It's a desert out West and it's a swamp, uh, you know, down uh, in Houston. So it's, it's literally like, I don't know how, know how they know what season it is. Cause it's like all the seasons all the time. Yeah. Um, my wife jokes that the reason people in Texas take the Bible more seriously than everywhere else in the country is because only the Bible out of all the books ever written makes sense of the weather that you see in Texas every single day. <laughs> like, people come outside, they look up and they go apocalypse. Okay, I'm ready. I get, and they know what to wear. And that could stand for any of the weather experienced in any of the regions of Texas. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, how did you end up in Chattanooga, of all places? So, uh, it's, we lost some bad bets. No, um, <laughs> so we were in Dallas and uh, didn't, we didn't like Dallas that much. Um, no offense, because it's a wonderful town full of wonderful people. And I have to say that because they all know where I live in Tennessee. Um <laughs> So, but Dallas has this thing in the summer where it gets like God awfully like kill yourself hot. And then it stays that way until November. And then it stops being that way for three weeks. And then it gets that hot again on the other side of those three weeks. And we're like, this is miserable. So, um, living in North Carolina for a few years, it spoiled us. And we were, we were itching to go pretty much from the time we showed up. And I had this friend from college. And uh, I went to college in the beautiful town of Gainesville, Florida, which uh, it has this kind of like flypaper effect that uh, ne'er do wells come from everywhere in the world to Gainesville for a time, but then they never leave. And um, so one of my friends had escaped, he had achieved escape velocity from the sticky flypaper effect of Gainesville (laughs) and had landed here in Chattanooga. And then he and I promptly didn't talk for 10 years. Well, I, I had a podcast, which was a, uh, a miserable, miserable, miserable failure. Um, and, uh, and he came on it though, before it was a failure, um, <laughs> those two things may be related. Um, and, uh, he is a stand-up comic in Chattanooga and he, while I was, I did this interview from Texas and he said, you know, um, people tell me from Gainesville to come home all the time. I'm never leaving this town. And I thought, well, what, what makes this town so worth, worth saying that about? So we came and visited, uh, saw the mountains one time, showed up in March. It was chilly outside. I met Kay Robertson and then I decided I'm never leaving. (laughs) Fun story. William and I actually met on Twitter before we met in person. Yes. That's not creepy at all. Um, but it is true. <laughs> yes, you can make friends on the internet and it not be weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I hear that it's true. <laughs> oh my goodness. So life has a funny way of working that way. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually found Kate through a thought and a half dot com. Um, some friend of mine randomly in Texas had stumbled across it and, uh, put it on Facebook or something. And I read it and I thought, that's crazy. Whatever she just said, I don't remember the post at all. And then I thought about it for more and I thought, no, actually I think it's probably right. 
Uh, and so then I had to like, you know, reach out and find out who was behind this incredible blog. And now we know. <laughs> and now we're best friends. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a little, yeah, you know, it's a classic story. Uh, you know, boy reads girl's blog, uh, <laughs> boy moves across the country with his wife to be close friends with the girl. Boy's <laughs> wife goes to work with girl and boy goes on girl's podcast. Yes. <laughs> classic, exactly. Classic story. Yes. Yeah, so y'all moved here in April? May 2nd, we moved here. Close enough. Yep. Basically April. Yes. It's hard to tell them apart in Chattanooga. Pretty much. Basically just by the like book or yep. what the calendar says. Yep. But I remember you and Anna had reached out to me when like right after y'all visited yep. and told me how much you liked it. And then a week later you messaged <laughs> me and said, so we may or may so, not be looking at apartments. And I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Is this how that works? Yeah. Because up until that point, all the adults you knew made decisions like adults do, um, <laughs> where they think about things and make, you know, look at the good and bad of them. Whereas we just sort of came here. And then as soon as we like left town, we were like, why don't we go back like forever starting now? And, <laughs> uh, and that happened. Um, I have a kind of adopted father and we called him on the way back to Dallas and asked permission. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm a confident 35 year old and, <laughs> and therefore naturally can't make any of my own decisions. So I called him and said, can we move to Chattanooga? <laughs> he said, what are you asking me this for? <laughs> uh, and here we are. Yeah. So been here a little bit, what, like six months ish six months. So long, long enough to meet some people, find yep. some favorite things to do, favorite places to go. Yep. What have been some highlights of your time in Chattanooga so far? You know what's amazing is that my favorite place in town was also the first place we visited. Um, so we actually, well, it depends on how you tell how you think of it. But we showed up late one night in March visiting and stayed at an Airbnb in Highland Park that was terrifying. <laughs> uh, because we came in and there was like, the, the first thing that the person did is give us two pages of house rules. And we were like, I don't think this is a good way to do Airbnb. So... We stayed there one night and then left. The next morning, the first thing we did was pull up Google and say, where is coffee near me? Because we were down in Highland Park near Main Street, the one that came up was the Mean Mug. Which oh, is, such a great spot. So we went there and uh, I think we spent a full day there practically wow. when we were visiting. Um, met Caitlin, who is on Instagram as Biker Elf, by the way. You should check her out because she makes terrariums with little dinosaurs in them. <laughs> and they're really cool. And uh, and then we went, so we went to Mean Mug, hung out there for a while, left, came back, and it is still, to this day, I think my favorite place. Uh, I loved it so much that I brought it's uh, the owner of Mean Mug or the operating partner. I'm not quite sure what Monica, did. I think she does everything there. But anyway, so she came on my podcast, poor thing, uh, <laughs> ill-fated uh, ship of fools that it was and, uh, told me all about opening it, which I loved it. I love her. I adore her with all my heart. I follow everything she does on Instagram. She's probably annoyed with me by now, but it's my favorite place. So that's what I love. The biscuits there, the coffee there and the, people. Oh, those biscuits. Yeah. I got one be. the other morning for breakfast and it was just, it was just what I needed. Yes. And uh, they just opened a new location over on North shore too. Yep. Uh, so we went there both the first and second Saturday that it was open. Um, <laughs> they were still sorting out some of the construction stuff. And so I was literally drinking a latte and saw like the air conditioner leak into it. Um, and, uh, they promptly fixed that up. So I think, and now they're, you know, now it's just like the one in the South side, which mm -hmm. means you can't get in there. Uh, standing <laughs> Everyone's room only. Everyone's found it now. Yep. Standing room only all the time. 
uh, you're waiting in line for you know forever, which is like awesome. I mean, I like most places you go and you're waiting in line, it just makes you bitchy and mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but standing there is just like when you see somebody like when you see a line that represents money in someone's pocket that you care about, you're like, yeah, I hope I stand here for 45 minutes. I hope yes. it's like Disney World. <laughs> uh, and then it is. There and yeah, and there's so many places in Chattanooga like that that if you wait in line, you're waiting in line for something good, and your wait is worth it. Yeah, and that's such a good thing to see. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the opposite. Any case that I've been in where it's been the opposite. Uh, I don't think I have one here yet. Yeah, I really can't think of it. Uh, there have been a been... couple places that I was disappointed. Well, maybe not disappointed in, but that I just didn't get the hype. But I don't think there were any that I like waited in line for. Yeah. But that's also a very rare thing in this town. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's been one, but I can't remember it. But, um, so yeah, in, in general, what that means is we spend entirely too much money eating and drinking in Chattanooga because that's what there is, which is, uh, awesome because then you just go hiking and like, you know, burn um, it off. Yeah. You burn <laughs> off 10,000 calories in a day and yep. then go hike, go yep. paddleboard on the river, just walk around downtown. Yeah. So this then, is one of the most active cities in America, it which is, is great. Which is annoying as hell because, like, <laughs> when I came here, I had a nice Dallas belly working, and uh, and I still got a little bit of it. But basically, like, I I just then all of my friends were in perfect shape. I mean, and and you see all these guys who are like thirty five and forty years old, and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go bouldering this weekend. And then you see them on Instagram, like, with hanging off the side of a mountain by three fingers, and you know, mm. showing off like their amazing, like, you know, shirtless bods. And you're like, crap, you know, <laughs> I, I have to really up my game. So, which is a weird thing. Cause it's like, uh, a, I love to eat biscuits and drink beer. And then also I love to look like a male model. Um, <laughs> so far it's been more biscuits and beer winning, but, um, yeah. I would take that. <laughs> so it's a fit town. Um, be advised if you move here. You yes. Know? Plenty of opportunities to be fit. Things I should take more advantage of, but oh, well. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the first time I saw people in water here, again, it was sort of like, you know, residual Floridian in the back of my head. I wanted to like scream at this, like, hey, you know, like warned them that they were, you know, flirting with certain death. Uh, and then I realized that, you know what, they, they don't have like flesh eating dinosaurs in the, in the water here. So people can just be there and they are. Mm-hmm. So the summer is awesome because people just sort of like get in the river in May and then they don't leave it until like October. Pretty so, much. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes around here. So, I have this beautiful jar that I mentioned earlier, and we're going to play a game where we each draw a couple, and then we talk about whatever's on there. All right. I will go first. I wrote these last night, so we'll see what I get. The first thing I learned to drive was my grandfather's golf cart. Really? When I was eight years old. Uh and when you say to learn, did you get in and like know what you were doing or did you make a really crucial mistake first and then know what no, you were doing? No, my grandpa was with me or my mom. I don't remember, but someone was with me huh. and the golf cart only went like 15 miles an hour. You it, know, the question that leaves me with is how similar does your grandfather look to your mother that you can't <laughs> quite, you can't distinguish. It's like, it was either my grandmother or my mom or Barney. <laughs> I'm not sure. It was not Barney. <laughs> Okay, so All I right. go. Yes. This jar really is beautiful. It's a, it's a shame that this kind of beauty is being wasted on an audio medium. <laughs> uh, favorite PG curse word slash phrase. You know what? Um, I don't really like any of these, but I, uh, I did grow up in, in, in youth groups. And so like youth group kids get really, really creative 
about this. So I think my favorite is shut the front door. Yep. I think that's probably my favorite. <laughs> I went to high school with a girl who her favorite was, oh, cheese and crackers. That's pretty good. I don't know how she came up with that, but the first time I heard her say it, I was like, did you just say cheese and crackers? And she was just like, <sighs> I'm so irritated. She's like, <laughs> all right, not going to mess with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this, in central Florida, uh, so this, I mean, you know, poor white people are kind of called crackers everywhere. Only in Florida did they decide to make it into like a badge. Uh, <laughs> so if, if somebody says uh, cheese and crackers in a crowd in Florida, <laughs> there's likely to be a bunch of old white people who kind of turn their heads and smile with toothless grins. Uh, is that us? So I'm picturing that right now. Yep. It's uh, it's it's an odd place. Oh, yes. All right. The best kind of barbecue is, okay, I'm originally from North Carolina. I take my barbecue very, very, very seriously. The best kind of barbecue is Lexington style, slow smoked with the kind of sweet smoky sauce drizzled on top. I am so glad to hear you say that. That preamble thought, I thought you were going to talk about mustardy vinegar Ew. barbecue no, sauce. No, 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 no. Mustard, no. No, 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 no. Get that shit out. Wow. All right. So you've now lost your North Carolina citizenship, but you do have good taste in barbecue, which is what I think. No, mustard is South Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, whoops. Vinegar um, is Eastern North Carolina. Uh, really? Is yes. it really like that detail? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So again, um, Florida. I just preface <laughs> this Florida. Um, there's only really one kind of barbecue in Florida and it's not even a kind so much as a place called Sonny's. Oh yeah. And, um, really Sonny's ruined me for barbecue. It's a, it's delicious food and, and anybody who's been there would be hard pressed to disagree, but it's delicious. But the problem is you, the meat doesn't really matter because it's all just a delivery vehicle for a sweet sauce that is basically 95% corn syrup. Yep. So it's super addictive. And like, you do have to get into a 12 step program after (laughs) leaving the state, but it also means that you have no taste at all in barbecue. So like, like, because you just, it doesn't matter if it's chicken, pork or beef, it's all for the sauce. And so when I moved around and like the first time I went to eat barbecue anywhere that wasn't Florida, somebody put meat in front of me and I didn't know what to, I think it was Memphis, which is great barbecue, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. what to do with it. Cause I was like, I, I, they expected me to be really impressed. And I was like, I mean, I'm, it's fine, <laughs> but, but it doesn't have, you know, it's not all corn syrup. And I think that, uh, I, I, I pissed off a poor lady who had done a really good job at something and I had no ability to discern how good it was. Oh my goodness. I remember. So the first like year or so that, uh, the company I worked for was here in Chattanooga Uh, the building that our office is in would do catered lunches on Wednesdays. And it started as you could, they brought in a different person or a different restaurant every week or every other week or however often we did it. And one of the time, one of the first times that they did it, they brought in a, a barbecue chain and it's not the worst barbecue, but by my standards, it's like kind of, pretty far down the list and my boss is also originally from North Carolina and uh, we bonded over North Carolina in my interview and the first few weeks that I worked here and uh, we both you know went and made plates and when I walked back into the office he was sitting there eating and I go so uh what do you think of the barbecue and he goes 
I mean, it's the best barbecue I've had today. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, we're going to get along just fine. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Also, good chance the worst barbecue you've had today. But yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yes. All right. Go ahead. All right. Things are also brightly colored. The best thing I've ever cooked or baked was, I really suck at cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have so many stories in the other direction and almost nothing in this. I think one time I made a shepherd's pie that did not suck. And, (laughs) and, and, And it just goes to show you how bad of a cook I am, that basically what I'm talking about is my pinnacle of culinary achievement is basically a casserole. <laughs> hey, casseroles are good though. You, it's um, very hard to go wrong with a casserole. That's they're safe. They're safe for uh, which is why everyone in the Midwest eats them. You know, like yep. there's there's three hours of daylight. Nobody's got time to really. Uh, there's not enough time in a day to really try at anything besides whatever it takes to keep you alive. So you know, <laughs> and drink. <laughs> yep. So casserole is safe. Yep. All right. Let's do one more each. I'm going to get down to the bottom here. No, wait. Here. You have to say what your best, because you actually do know how to cook. Oh, okay. So my favorite thing that I've cooked recently, I made a really good chicken Parmesan about a month ago, and it was quite tasty, and I really need to make it again. And my favorite thing that I've baked recently, I made my own birthday cake. What? And it was so good. This was, it, too, okay. It was not a recipe that I created. It was Southern Living's snowy vanilla cake recipe. Wow. But that sounds amazing. It was it was so good. I love Southern Living and I just like opened it up and saw the recipe and was like, yes, this is what I'm making. Uh And I put rainbow sprinkles in it and made it a funfetti vanilla cake. And I made the cake. I made the frosting and it was delicious. I'm so proud of that cake. I think the first time I had a cake that didn't have funfetti in it, I wasn't totally convinced it was a cake. <laughs> I think I'd just kind of grown up thinking that that was like, that that was as essential to cake as flour and frosting. Like yes. I thought that funfetti was part of it, right? It begins with F even. It's flour, frosting, funfetti. Uh, so the first time I saw a cake that didn't have it, I was like, what is this garbage? <laughs> yeah, that was good. I also made pumpkin spice cupcakes recently. Wow. With spiced cream cheese frosting. And I think I still have some of that frosting left in my fridge. I think it's really mean to brag about that in front of <laughs> where people are going to hear this. And then they're, they're just, they're, you're not going to be able to satisfy that longing that's going to arise in our hearts. I'll put some pictures on my blog. Make it, and we'll make it worse. It'll go, <laughs> it's like, then it just becomes something that like, like somebody's going to edit this down and only listen to like the same 15 seconds over and over again and just get like mouthwatery food porny. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, what have I got here? Mama always told me, and this is something that has been on my mind a lot lately. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Oh, uh, it, that seems like there's something <laughs> more to more to that story. Oh, there is, but it's nothing I can say on record. <sighs> okay, well, you know what? You all know who you are. Uh, all right, last one. Um, let's see. The best things about fall in the South. Wow, this is so nice uh, <laughs> to get this. I literally moved here for the fall, so I gotta say, I really wanted to say something kind of snarky and funny, but really, like when I just think once you've seen the way, once you've seen all the colors that leaves can be at the same time, uh, it really just ruins you for everything else. And here in the South, it's like you get that, 
but it's not like crushingly cold outside. So you can actually be out and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's a Saturday and the and it's sort of peak foliage, like you can go out there and spend all day in it, have a really, really great time. I just think that's, you know, it's sort of overwhelming how, how pretty it gets down here in the fall. It is. And especially this fall, it's been warm enough that you can walk outside and not need a jacket. And I could still go get some ice cream if I wanted to. Yeah. Which I did a few weeks ago, actually. Hmm. Clumpies. Yes. Making some late year money right there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They had a gourmet hot chocolate bar a couple weeks ago. Wow. And it was one of those things that I saw on Facebook like that Friday and immediately was like, I know exactly what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> you had five plans the next day and canceled them all. It's like, nope, I'm sorry. Actually, well, my plans for the next day were to clean my apartment and pack to go out of town for a week. And I was like, I can push these off for a couple hours to go get some hot chocolate and ice cream. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. For sure. Yeah. And it was worth every yeah. second. Sorry, mom. I know you're sick in the hospital, but there's a hot chocolate bar <laughs> at Clumpy's and I've got to take advantage of it. Oh, my gosh. I need to find out how many more times they're doing that because they had two types of hot chocolate and like all sorts of different toppings. And I only got one type of hot chocolate and two toppings. And I need to go back and try another combination. You know, a few Saturdays ago, I did kind of feel like everybody around me was moving extra slow. I wonder (laughs) if it was like the Clumpy's hot chocolate bar. Just like put everyone to sleep. Yeah. Hot chocolate hangover. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why is everybody driving so slow? Why is that guy (laughs) sleeping on the bridge? Like, No. Now we know. Now it makes sense. Uh, All right. Switching gears a little bit. You are a business owner. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Wow. Um, So half the time it's like you're drunk and half the time it's like you're hungover. (laughs) That's that's my experience of it so far. Uh, It's not a bad way to put it. Yeah. Very high highs, very low lows. I mean, I'm I'm in the early stage, right? I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not. this, my business is not established. It's, it's relatively new. And so part of what that means is like, you do everything. Um, you just, you know, there's this great commercial from like Christmas time last year where this guy said, where like a call rings in this guy's garage. He says, hello. And somebody asked for the sales department. He puts the phone down and then he picks it back up and says (laughs) sales department. Uh, true though, true life of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so it is very much like that. And, um, you know, and so, you, you do everything, which means that like nothing gets done as well as you want. And, and, uh, everything is kind of like, or, or maybe I'm just confessing here, but, uh, in fact, the way it feels is just, you know, sort of everything is sort of minimum viable product on all, on all fronts. Like you're, you're sort of always having to fight with how little time you have and how many other things there are to do. Um, so, you know, you feel, uh, on the good days, you're like, you know, I, I'm never going to die. And on the bad days, you just sort of feel perpetually guilty about everything. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, um, it's the sort of thing, though, where, you know, if you're the person, if you're the kind of person for whom it makes sense, you, you all of that good, bad, all of the misery that comes with it, all of the two hours of sleep at night, <laughs> all of that stuff is better than working for somebody else. And um, And that's at least... That's at least the way I feel most of the time. Uh, that it's like, okay, this is this can be really tough, and yet I would rather do this than like clock in tomorrow morning. I could not function on two hours of sleep. I don't know how people do that. I'm not sure that I do. I think it's probably. <laughs> I think probably what happens is when I have two hours of sleep, it's like I'm 
deluded enough to think that I'm functioning, but like maybe other people are watching a slow-mo movie happen as I walk <laughs> by. Yeah. Um, yep. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's the best and the worst. And, uh, you know, you sort of, it's, it really is though, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's the, it's part of like a lot of stories that we all really relate to in a deep way. I mean, kind of like the hoping against hope, you know, the, the, the fighting through what seems like very long odds, you know, the kind of like the Rudy story, you know, you're mm-hmm. just like, you know, um, and you have to be a little crazy to do it. And I think my kind of crazy is that in my head is always this crowd of people chanting Rudy. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> a, it's like I know that like, if I just keep this up, like, you know, I might make the feel on Saturday and, uh, yeah, I just, um, I really, um, I really think that, um, the hope is just to, create something that bless that blesses people that makes their lives better and uh where you can sort of scratch out a living on that so you don't have to go call somebody else your boss yeah (laughs) you can be your own boss wake up and be like boss self right yeah yeah although that's it's terrible when you don't have anyone else to blame you know when when, if a if a client is upset it's always really nice when you can say oh yeah that was somebody else's fault at this point it's sort of like oh yeah that was my fault that was wednesday me's fault and friday (laughs) me is very sorry about that and we'll take care of it right now yes yeah so as a business owner moving to chattanooga you've got the innovation district and the edney innovation center and this is one of these spots in the country yes. for an entrepreneur and business owner. Yeah, this is not a small part of why we're here. I said a minute ago we moved here for the fall. That was mostly true. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 guest I had on my ill-fated podcast, uh, Donnie, is also a business owner here in town, and um, and he's he's not doing like sort of sexy business. You know, it's not like he's not a twenty-five-year-old wunderkind. You know, headed you know headed for it a billion dollar exit, you know, at some point, uh, on 3d printing or something. Not that that stuff's not awesome. It is awesome. I'm really just jealous, but (laughs) no, Donnie, Donnie does a different thing entirely. It's a service business and he does an incredible job. And, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, that this was a place where he had found a lot of, uh, of cooperation, a lot of, uh, enthusiasm, uh, that pretty much anytime he said, Hey, I've got this business. We were like, Oh, cool. Tell me about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in Gainesville, where we, where we, Donnie and I both come from, to to steal his 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 way his way of talking about it, he'd say, you know, Gainesville is so so hippie of a town. You know, you tell somebody you own a business, and they're like, what do you want to tell people what to do and exploit them? <laughs> it's like, whereas in Chattanooga, it's like you have a business, like awesome. Can I? What can I get? You know, what can I do for you? How and can that's, I help? Yeah, and that's been my experience too, by and large. I think in general, people have been. Uh, even if, you know, uh, most of the people that I meet in a day are not my sort of target people, but they all want to help me find them and they all want to help me get in front of them as quickly as I can. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. The spirit of community in this city is one of the things that I've been the most impressed about since I've been living here as well. Like it doesn't matter what community you're a part of, what you're trying to do. There's always going to be someone who's like, oh, that's rad. Let me help you. Or let me see how I can help you. Yeah which is one of the best things about this city yeah, and, and I, working in this community. Yep. And I think there are real hubs too. And that's the other thing that's exciting about it is that there are places where people who are doing things can be frequently found. Um, so that if you have an idea, uh, you know, I mean, my friend Matt who runs the camp house, uh, says that repeatedly he's given advice to people who want professional advice. You know, what should I do if I want to do this? And he would say, you know, honestly, I would say come to the camp house every day and be here from seven to 10. And, 
and then you're likely to meet at least a big handful of the people you need to meet to make your thing happen. Yep. Um, you know, you're not going to find that place in New York City or, you know, Silicon Valley uh, that those people are just there. Um, you know, it, it, you're not going to find those people available that way, uh, mm-hmm. the way you will here. You'll walk into the room and literally if you just stand there and let the person who knows everyone show you around, you'll meet everybody you need to meet. Yep. And there are plenty of people in this city who know seemingly everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't take you long to become one of those people either. Yeah, it's got that, I mean, you know, that's a that's kind of a small town charm, but in a place where, you know, really cool things are happening. I mean, some of the, you know, some of the uh, things in entrepreneurship and, and then in sort of like social enterprise, community development, like there's really, really cool stuff happening all over this town uh, that I'm sure your listeners are going to hear about eventually because oh, yeah. you're going to talk to those people. So hopefully, uh, stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah. Chattanooga's not a rat race. Yeah, that's true. I've got some friends who came down who've, who have visited me from uh, Boston and New York since we've lived here. And all of them have been like, like, uh, you know, they, they've talked about it as sort of sleepy. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, it's just because people here sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't have subways rumbling underground at all hours of the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah, so you don't have someone getting murdered on the F train uh, <laughs> down below your apartment window at 3.30 in the morning. No, definitely uh, not. We are a city that does sleep, and I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wouldn't last a day in, like, New York or L.A. As much as I like to think I would, I wouldn't. Yeah. Not at all. Well, you know, me. the biscuits up there suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as a nearly final thought... Any words of wisdom you would give to any aspiring entrepreneurs or general people? You know what? I think, um, honestly, I think that, um, I, I think that entrepreneurship is, is, is a really fun thing and I really don't have any right to talk about it. I'm not, I'm not speaking about this as an entrepreneur who's made it. Uh, I'm speaking about this as an entrepreneur who's still routinely up until three in the morning. Uh, you know, but I would say, so because of that, it is really, really hard. Uh, it is the rewards are really clear, but people who are entrepreneurs, they hear about that everywhere. Like you've got to be so crazy a little bit already to start a business, to really kind of get into entrepreneurship. You already have the, the, how good it could be really clear in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say that the hard times are really hard and there's no, like you, you know, be around people who can like let you be that person on that day. Yep. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much pressure. It's kind of like grad school in a way. It's like, you know, <laughs> nobody's making any money and everybody feels guilty about all the work they're not doing. You know, yep. it's like, like that's Truth. The, that is the early stages of this game. And, uh, and it's so easy to beat yourself up. And I would just say, look, you know, uh, false starts are happening are going to happen. Pivots are going to happen. Uh, you know, you're going to realize six months into something that you've been wasting time and, and that you have to sort of, you know, re- shift your direction very rapidly. Um, all of that is okay. Uh, you know, life is, life is too short to beat yourself up and, and feel guilty all the time. Like this is a tough game, but, uh, and, and the rewards are great if you, it, you know, if, if you stick into it, but like, um, there are some weird days and those days are allowed to be weird. I think that's just the, you know, everybody else is sort of talking about go, 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 go. And I think what I want to say is, yeah, you know, go, go, go. But on a day when you get knocked out, like it's okay to be knocked out and, and just sort of, you know, have a beer Take a breath. Reset. And reset. I think that's good life advice in general. It's applicable in many different circumstances. At least also grad school. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) There were days I came home from class in grad school and just flopped down on my couch and was like, can I just watch Netflix for the rest of the night? Yeah. 
and yeah. then I'd lay down and then I'd watch an episode, a like 20 minute episode of Friends and then just be like, I really need to do that thing for my thesis and I really need to write that paper. I really need to do that. But but Rachel and Ross are still talking about being on a break. Yes. And I can't miss this. <laughs> Super. It's amazing how that becomes so important at the right time. Oh, I know. What? Oh, well, anyway, I'm going to wrap up now. So thank you so much, William, such a for pleasure. being on my podcast and sharing all of your experiences from Florida to Chattanooga. Yeah. And we, I am excited to see what comes to you in your next six months in our lovely little scenic city. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks y'all for listening.